LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are talking about an issue that every single person who has thought of discipleship has probably thought of this. How many people should I have in my discipleship group or What's been popular for a long time is I just is this one-on-one discipleship. I'm going to disciple one individual. Yeah. As a leader, as a mentor, I'm going to find someone to follow me around and and disciple them. And so when you think about that, I know that's kind of how I was discipled. I wasn't formally intentionally discipled as a minister, but I had someone who was investing in me and constantly saying, "Hey Chris, do it this way. Uh follow me as I go share the gospel. Um here's how I write my sermons. Here's how I uh, connect with people, but it was almost a mentoring in ministry. It wasn't really a, I'm going to show you the basics of the Christian life. Yeah. I was given a little booklet, um, my quiet time. <laughs> and it was a little cartoon. Like it was uh, the cheesiest thing, but it did at least teach me how to read the Bible. Oh yeah. Which is a good starting point. Any tool like that's good. It would have been nice if someone had, would have said, Hey Chris, you should read the Bible and here's how you do that. <laughs> That, w- it's that would amazing. have been helpful. That would have been helpful. There's a whole generation of, of people who've never really had that. Yeah. Well, here's the hot topic here. This is a hot topic we're talking Someone's about. Someone's going to be angry listening to Well, I'm just going to... So let me apologize. And we want to let you know end. we love you. Yeah, let, yeah, we love you. And let me apologize on the front end. Or let me just give... Not apologize. Let me give you a disclaimer. Um, I have been discipled one-on-one by David Platt for five months. Okay? Uh and people say, well, isn't one-on-one the most effective? Well, it was it was effective, obviously, for five months. But then David and, and I understood the value of including more people in that discipling relationship. And what we're going to do is give you eight reasons today. Eight? Eight reasons today. I was today. thinking we're going to go with just five or six. But well, eight. we may not get to all of them, but we're going to try. We're going to try. We can we're, power through these. Well, or we do it in two episodes. But we don't want to We don't want to rush this. I'm going to tell you why. This is a crucial question we get asked all the time. Entire ministries are built on one-to-one discipleship. Okay. Entire ministries. And they are as passionate about one-on-one as we are as passionate about three-to-five. I'm going to give you a biblical reason why we don't do one-on-one, and then I'm going to give you eight practical reasons why we don't do one-on-one if we have a choice. Now, do we do one-on-one discipleship? Yes. This is kind of the aha of the right. whole thing. Or yes. the ha-ha, or the as ha-ha's. Tim says. It's Tim LaForge. Yeah. The ha-ha. <laughs> the, the, the one-on-one discipleship always happens outside of the group, never in place of the group. What I mean by that is when you're journeying with three to five guys, there are many times the guys will pull me aside and say, hey, can you meet for breakfast? Can you meet for lunch? Can you stay after our meeting? I've got a marriage issue. I've got a personal question to ask you uh, that I want to talk. That always happens, but we never do it in place of the group. If we have a choice, we always wanted to disciple three to five people. And here's the thing. If you would say my only option is one-on-one, then I'd say that's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but I, I also don't think we should strive for the bottom basement 
<laughs> low bar of better than nothing. Yeah. Okay. Here's the proof text people use to push back on uh, three to five discipleship. They'll say, didn't Paul say the proof text is second Timothy two, two. Here's the proof text. And I've heard guys debate me on this and they'll say, didn't Paul say what you've heard from me, Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who are able to teach others also. Didn't Paul say, I discipled you, Timothy, alone, individually, personally, one-on-one? I'm going to let you answer that question. <laughs> Do you have an answer for that question? There may be some trickeration involved in, you, in the wording of that question, so I'm going to... I'm going to allow you to answer it. Okay, so the word witnesses is an interesting word. It's the same word used in Acts 1.8. Uh, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So the word witnesses is synonymous with a believer. Okay. It's synonymous with a disciple. And for years, I've inter- interpreted the witnesses as bystanders, like guys who are affirming the message, They're guys who are just watching from a yeah. distance. Okay, that, That's not what I think Paul's doing here. I think what Paul's doing here is he is saying to Timothy— Could it be that Paul's saying what you've heard in the presence of other disciples, (laughs) because the word witness is synonymous with disciple, what you've heard from me in the presence of other disciples entrust to faithful men? So that's the first thing. Don't just think of witnesses as bystanders or people passively watching. These could, in a sense, have been the discipling relationships Paul had and included Timothy in the mix. The most convincing evidence that Paul's not talking about one-on-one is the tense of the word. Okay. All the words, what you've heard from me in the presence of many, what witnesses is that singular, singular, plural. Or plural. Okay. That's the first word. And in, in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men, men, singular or plural, plural. Oh, that's plural again. Wow. Two out of start, two out of start to so see far. a trend here, Dylan, start to see a trend here. And the presence of many witnesses, trust to faithful men who are able to teach others, others. Uh oh. Uh oh. Singular or plural? Three here so far. Plural. Plural. Okay. Now, if Paul wanted Timothy to do one on one discipleship, he would have simply said, What you've heard from me, entrust to a man who will entrust to another man for the glory of God. He could have said that. He could have. He could have. He did but not. But he did not say that. He did not say that. So, and, and, the, and the final reason why I know Paul didn't disciple people one on one, and here's kind of the big picture here Paul never traveled alone. Never. You're probably saying, well, he, he traveled with Timothy and Acts. Yeah, he did. But guess who was always there? And the reason we know he was always there is because he wrote down the entire book of Acts. Who was with Paul at all times? Who was with Paul? Timothy. Right. And who wrote the book of Acts? Who wrote the book of Acts? Paul. No. <laughs> I stopped. We stumped him this morning. Wow. I know it's well, early. I, I know trying, it's I, early. I'm thinking we don't so normally stump here. him. I, I, who wrote the book? <laughs> You've lost me at this it's point. It's a gospel. I'll give you a hint. It's a gospel writer. I'm going to say Luke. Yes, Luke. And I'm going gonna, gonna to stick with Luke. I was thinking of, <laughs> I was focusing on who was the focus of the book no, of Acts, true. which right. is Christ ultimately. Right, right. But the journeys of Paul. Paul, and, Paul right. No, but you're right. Luke. I was way out we there. Got, way out we there. don't ever stump him. We got him. So this <laughs> he morning. He me all the time. Yeah. Well, here's, okay. <laughs> I'm just smart enough to remain quiet. Right, exactly. I okay. No, that's true. Though. Okay. So here's the deal. Luke wrote Acts. He says it in the beginning. Oh, Theophilus. Theophilus, I'm writing this letter to you for a chronological explanation in the Gospels, and I think Luke, uh, I think Acts is part two of the Gospel of Luke. So it's one big book divided in two. So Luke is always with Paul. He is traveling with Paul. Now, in addition to Timothy, you have Barnabas with him at times. You have Silas with him at times. You have John Mark with him at times, although he got rid of John Mark. You have Titus with him at times. Paul is always discipling in a group. 
he always had an entourage of disciples that he invested in. So we can safely assume that Paul always discipled in a group. He discipled Timothy in a group. So when he gives Timothy the charge, what you've heard from me in the presence of many plural witnesses, disciples, and trust to plural men who are able to plural teach others also. Okay. Now that's the biblical evidence. Let me give you eight practical reasons or practical uh, ways or, or, or practical insights as to why we don't disciple one Would they be considered arguments? Uh, I think at the end of the eight, there's going to be no argument. Gotcha. No, I'm <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm just, playing. I'm just asking I'm the question. There are, there are many people who've been discipled one-on-one who like that one-on-one. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's kind of a preferential thing. I've got this one individual. I'm going to pour into them for whatever amount of time, and we're going to have this relationship for a period of time. And I think that that is a comfortable scenario for people, whereas a group, whether it be three, five, six, whatever, feels a little less comfortable. It's a little less easy to control. I will uh, I, Okay, I'll push back there and say it's just the opposite. Really? If you think one-on-one is easy and, 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 and not uh, overwhelming, then wait till you get in a group of three to five. I'm just telling you, that's a whole lot, in my opinion, easier group to start, disciple, and launch. And give us eight reasons why. I'll give you why. Okay, (laughs) here's the thing, too. And I'll say this. This is what's so hard if you've always done one-on-one discipleship, if you're listening. And again, like we said earlier, we're not saying you're not doing discipleship. What we're saying is we think there's a more effective model, okay? So it's like people tell you, hey, you've been cutting your grass this way. Do you know if you actually buy a self-propelled lawnmower, you can actually cut the same grass with the push lawnmower faster and more efficient? Will you still cut the grass at the end of the day? Yes, but the guy with the self-propelled mower is going to be done in half the time. Okay, so what we're saying is this is a more efficient way to make disciples, and maybe even a more effective way. Could be a more effective way. And here's the thing too: it's hard for you to to pivot if you've always done one-on-one. Here's why: because what was introduced to you in the form of a model is what you reproduce in the form of discipleship to others. It's very hard to change the model you've always known because what you have to agree to is maybe what I've always done may not be the most effective, and that's a hard pill to swallow. All of us need to look at what we're doing and constantly be asking that question, though. So All of us. So before you get into these answers, let me quickly take a moment and take a break from our sponsor this month. If I were to ask you the question, what do you think is the most common struggle for pastors regarding marriage ministry, what would your answer be? Well, according to LifeWay Research, the most common struggle is lack of time. Second is lack of resources. And third is feeling unequipped. That's probably not a surprise, but it's more important for us to understand that the health of our churches is directly related to the health of its marriages. That's why LifeWay created WooMarriage.com, a brand new tool that provides Christ-centered marriage coaching for every couple in your church. Backed by research and designed with your church in mind, Woo Marriage features video courses taught from the Christ-centered perspective. Courses provide practical help for communication, managing finances, handling conflict, and more. There's even courses for church leaders. The best part? It's easy. With one simple click, you can assign courses, start coaching, and start winning at work and at home. Whether you need to prepare couples for marriage, strengthen marriages, or restore relationships, you'll have an affordable, flexible solution right at your fingertips. Try it for one month free with the code LEADERSHIP, all one word, LEADERSHIP, when you go to checkout. That's offer code LEADERSHIP at checkout on woomarriage.com slash free trial, woomarriage.com slash free trial. 
And we're back. We've been talking about one-on-one discipleship versus a group model. Three to five is what we've talked about. And you are about to give us the reasons why. Let's just jump right in. All right, let me give you one disclaimer before we go. Another disclaimer. Another disclaimer. We've I'm just been disclaiming disclaimer. this whole podcast. I know. Should, are we going to tell them anything? <laughs> <laughs> if you got to explain yourself, like I tell well, people it, that. It, you get emails all the time. All the time. In fairness, why not one-on-one? I've been doing one-on-one. I've been, I was discipled one-on-one. This is great. This works. And again, we're not trying to put out the flames I even had a of the ministry, one-on-one passion. Well, in Chattanooga, I even had a ministry that was antagonistic toward us. Uh, and honestly, in my immature <laughs> responses, I, I probably like to battle more than I should You've have. You've grown anyway, since then. So yeah. new, new disclaimer. Okay, one more disclaimer. I will say this. There is there is biblical and theoretical and philosophical and even practical evidence given to us through a doctoral project by a man named Greg Ogden. Greg Ogden did his doctoral work on this very model. He he actually looked at three different models to see which one is the most effective. He decided to take information, disseminate it to a group of 10. He decided to take information, meet with a person one-on-one, and he decided to do it in a group of three. And then he charted the progress of the understanding, application, and assimilation oh, of wow. the information. This is his whole doctoral project. And what he found out, the evidence proved the most effective relationship is a relationship of three. Wow. Okay. So we we feel like we're on good footing here when we're telling you this, not just hey, this is what we think, yeah, or we you know just uh, anecdotal information. This sure. guy's done a whole doctoral project on. Okay, let's jump right in. Number one is this: when you disciple in a group, you avoid what we call the ping pong match of discipleship. What is the ping pong match okay. of discipleship? So you and I are in our group right now. I'm investing in you. Okay, so I say uh, I show up for the meeting. Now you got to understand, guys particularly cringe right now. If you're listening, driving, mowing the grass like I do, listen to podcasts, <laughs> you cringe at the thought of having to meet with another man you rarely or, or, or barely even know face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball at a coffee shop or, or in a conference room to pull back the dark, deep secrets of your life. To share intimate insights that no one's ever known. I'm cringing right now. Yeah, just you're, hearing you're, you you're starting to sweat right now. Watch you. <laughs> okay, guys, particularly, do not want to do that. And more than that, they cringe at the fact that they have to lead this meeting. Here's what most discipleship one-on-one groups will turn into. It's a ping pong match. And if you, all due respect, get a man you're discipling or a woman you're investing in who's not a talker. Here's what the meeting looks like. Hey, Chris, uh, how, how was your week? Good. Wait, no, i got to click it over to you. Good. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, how, how's your marriage doing? Everything good with that? Great. Okay. Wow, that's great. Uh, uh, did you read your Bible this week? I did. <laughs> See where I'm going here. What happened? I mean, I'm getting nervous. Even I'm feeling the weight of this already. Like, the try- awkwardness is on display. Yeah, because you're trying to keep the ball in play with one person. Right. When you introduce a group of two more guys or three more guys, what happens is you, you start to journey together, and it's no longer feeling the pressure that you have to keep the ball in play. The group actually leads itself. You become a facilitator, and you don't become a lecturer a lecturer, if that's a word, lecturer, or uh, the leader where you feel the pressure. That's number one. Number two, one-on-one discipleship can be very difficult to reproduce. Okay? So 
three to five on, on this side, one-on-one on the other side of the category, okay? Uh, in a one-on-one discipleship relationship, the entire year or, or 18 months that you're meeting with your group, they're looking at you as the leader, as the closest thing to the Apostle Paul or the closest thing to Christ that they, they know of, right? I mean, you know the word, you're in the word, you're leading their... They, you're they, the leader. Yeah, they feel a level of, of uh, reciprocity where you've invested in them, and so they owe you. So at the end of the group, when you say, hey, the goal here is not just to meet, and we have to remember, which is why we, we named our entire ministry Replicate. Right. If there's one thing we want people to get, discipleship is not discipleship unless it replicates. Period. Well, and if you and if you fail with a group of one, that's an entire. Let's just say, eight, you know, if we track on the twelve month time frame, uh, I don't want to say it's a year wasted because I don't think it's wasted, but the multiplication is certainly bad numbers comparatively. Well, you're getting ahead of us. You're getting ahead. <laughs> I'm getting ahead. That's you're another getting ahead. reason. Jumping ahead. You're getting up, but that's no, good though. My bad. No, but here's the thing: the one-on-one discipleship is hard to reproduce because at the end of the time, they like, man, Robbie, there's or Chris, there's no way I can be like you. Golly. I mean, you're the closest thing to an apostle I know. And so at the end of the group, they say, ah, I'm out. Because they think they have to do what you did or be what you are. Right. And if you're effective. a leader or a minister or a pastor, it exemplifies, I mean, it uh, accentuates sure. the, 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 the gap between them and you. Gotcha. Okay. So here's what happens. When you introduce a group uh, to, to them, other guys in the group, two or three other guys, and they look at Bubba, and they look at Dylan, and they look at Colton. I like how Dylan and Colton have been consolidated into the Bubba Club. Well, we're in Middle Tennessee, so I just threw up. Well, Bubba's probably not Middle Tennessee. Maybe South Louisiana. But anyway, I knew a Bubba in South Louisiana who was in a group with me. There's a Bubba in every state, I believe. Yeah. And and Bubba was my friend, actually. I had a good friend, Bubba. He was a fisherman. He took me fishing. But anyway, okay, so Bubba's in this Bubba's a great name. I just got to say it. I don't personally know one, but I But here's the thing. If Bubba can do it. Exactly. Anybody. So they're sitting there thinking, wow, if Bubba can do it, and Colton can do it, and Dylan can do it, I can Anybody do can do Anybody it. Anybody can do it. So we did, uh, we we actually, this ministry I was referencing in the past that was really um, antagonistic. With us. Yeah, antagonist may be strong, but you they were at words. odds with us. Okay? <laughs> Not going to mention the name, but they're at odds with us. And they may be listening. So we're actually friends with them now. We don't, we don't. It's funny when you move out of the city. <laughs> You don't have a problem. I feel like you've gotten out into the deeper water. I I need to pull the boat back in shore. Okay. So (laughs) the reality is, okay, they actually, um, they actually started talking to us off record at one time, right before we were leaving. Tim LaFleur had a conversation with them because here's what was happening. We wanted to know how many people at, at Brainerd at this time were reproducing groups. Okay. And what we found was we, we ran the numbers and we found that you ready for this. Guess what percentage of people in groups of three to five reproduced? Guess what percentage it was? I want to guess, but I think I know the answer. So I'm just going to say 65%. Close. 60. 60%. 55 to 60%, which is way really better good. than that Luke answer. I yeah, Luke. No, yeah, Paul did not write Acts for the record. <laughs> <laughs> he lived Acts. He lived it. Yeah, he, he wrote it with his life, Still technically. Wrong. Okay. So 60% of people reproduced. So what that means is six out of 10 people in your discipleship group of three to five will reproduce, okay? So if you have a group of five, let's say, and 60, 60% reproduce, then three of the five roughly are going to reproduce. Now, we asked the one-on-one guys, Tim LaFleur, our disciple-making pastor at Brainerd at the time, asked these guys off the record, here's what they said. And I can't believe they shared this, but they were thankfully being honest. And they said, guess how many people in their model reproduce in a group of one-on-one? 
Um, I'm going to guess 20%. Close. I'm swinging really low. No, that, that's close. One out of four. Wow. So you ready for this? Every four groups Golly. one guy will reproduce so let's do let's let's do the equation here and again this is not about numbers but it is about numbers when we're trying to finish the great commission and reach the world with the gospel we don't have a lot of time here christ could come back tomorrow right. so you want to maximize your time urgent, you have. we have urgency with disciple making right we're not lollygagging sitting back so if we're if we're urgent with our discipleship process in the three to five model, 60% were reproduced. So every year you're going to reproduce two or three people, and then that exponentially multiplies. They're going to go and do because the same. Because three right. now will get a group of three to five, and then 60% of them. You see how this gotcha. thing exponentially yes. works. On the other hand, in the other category, if you have a group reproducing one every four years, wow. <laughs> in eight years, wow. you have produced two disciples not looking good for that that model so you see where i'm going here it's not that we're against one-on-one sure. i mean golly i mean i was invested in for a season one-on-one a lot of you have been invested in one what we're saying is if you're looking at this thing from a stewardship issue i am going to steward the time that god has given me it is way bigger than what makes me comfortable it's way bigger than hey this is what i've always done this is a stewardship issue so what we're saying is it's a whole lot easier to to reproduce a group of three to five than it is to reproduce a group of one-on-one. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but what we will do is cover the rest of these answers in part two of this podcast. Next time on the podcast, we will finish up walking through the additional solutions slash Hopefully. insights. We got Hopefully. more. We got I more. mean, the way we, this could be three podcasts. It could be. It could be four. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it next time. Meanwhile, have you listened to the Group Answers podcast with Chris Surratt and Brian Daniel recently? As a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network, they've recently covered topics like building a growth track, building a spiritual pathway, and how to, ri- how to write sermon-based studies. Just look up Group Answers on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.